Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, I am excited about the word today. Uh, if you're looking around, and we've got a bunch of folks missing. Josh uh, had a conference that he put on down in Mississippi, took Lucas, and then whole van, van, van. Then, then we got a whole load of people loaded up and went down there. They finished last night, so I fully expect you guys to be watching as you're driving uh, in all of those vans on this live stream. I will be doing some questioning to find out if you did, so y'all better be taking notes. The guys driving, you listen. Y'all don't watch live stream. Uh, we've been working for several months on uh, getting this message together, and I am really excited about what I want to share with you. I hope everybody here has September 18th on that Sunday morning, September 18th. I hope you have that on your calendar. That will be required attendance. We're going to be taking attendance at the door, and we will be calling you if you're not here. Leave your house and drive down here. So, required attendance September the 18th. That's our church's 50th anniversary. Uh, that's a milestone. That's a milestone. 50th anniversary. Uh, my mom started this church in the living room, and I remember, I remember that Sunday morning pulling the furniture around, making a circle in the living room in that very first church service, and here we are celebrating our 50th anniversary. So, right, that's only in four weeks, so you make sure that you write that down on your uh, to-do list. I want you to be here, and also remember, it's only one service, and it's going to start at 10 o'clock. All of you first service people, all of you second service people, remember there's only one service, September the 18th, and it will be at 10 o'clock. Make sure that you're here. We are glad to have all of those joining us on so many social media avenues. We're thrilled that you're joining us for today's word. We want to invite you. We'd love to have you just drive into town and stay to be here. This 50th celebration is a big deal for us, and we'd love to have you that join us on social media uh, on a regular basis. We'd love to have you join us on September the 18th. Well, are you ready to receive the word today? This is an interesting, interesting message, and I'm looking forward to this. If you look in the dictionary, the word memory, the word memory, it means to think of again, to bring back to mind, to recall the power to remember. The title of today's message is Your Memory, Your Memory. Now, God's created us with a most powerful, powerful tool, and that is the ability to remember. Now, at my age, it's harder to remember what I walked in the room to do when I get in that room. Uh, it's harder to remember what I was talking about in the middle of this sentence and where this sentence was going. So, I'll start with that. But it really is impossible to grasp life and how it would be with no memory, with no memory. I, I can't fathom, I can't comprehend, and it, there's no way to adequately communicate what part of our life our memory plays. Now, think about this, your memory it may be the most important part of your whole life. 
It allows us to build, to advance, to grow, to move forward. And, and I've been trying to figure out how to describe a life or how our life would be with no memory. And, and to be honest, I'm not sure our life would exist with no memory. Uh, we learn right out of the chute. If I cry and scream, somebody will stick some food in my mouth and change my diaper. And we remember that. And we begin to build life on what we remember. Things happen, things said, things done. Your memory, it, and it's recorded. You've got it, you've got it down in your memory. Let me digress here for one moment. Always know that the devil cannot create. Now know that. The devil is not a creator. The devil cannot create. The only thing the devil can do is hijack God's creation and, and use it to steal, kill, and destroy. But the devil is not a creator. Now, here's just an example. I, I really hate it when our, it, it's said about our church, and it's said often, that our church looks like the world. Y'all look like a nightclub down there, all those lights, that music, all that. Y'all look like a world. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're horribly wrong. You're horribly wrong. Have you ever seen the colors of a sunset? Have you ever seen light rays coming through a sunrise over a lake with haze coming up off of that water? Have you? Romans tells us it is impossible to see creation and not honor God not recognize God. Colors of light rays through haze in a sunrise, in a sunset, it causes praise. You, you're driving your car and that sunrise starts coming up and you, you just, you can't deny God. Those light beams, you're just full of praise. And so our lights here, our colors in this church, we do the very best we can to reveal God's creation and it invokes praise. Now, the devil wants to take God's creation and pervert it and use it in a nightclub. He wants to take wheat and corn and barley, God's creation, and use that to destroy homes and lives and families, luring people into sin. The devil has hide. So you can say, all oh, those nightclubs, they stole their lights from our church. Don't say our church looks like the world. You say the world's trying its best to look like God. Because this is God's business here. This is God's creation. It is the very same with your memory. Maybe the most powerful tool that God has created in our life, our memory, the devil wants to hijack your memory and use memories to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He wants to use memories of your past to destroy you living abundant, blessed, full of happiness, full of joy here today. Today, I want to expose the devil and I want to reveal his stealing your God-created memory. I want to talk today about your memory. There's two points today's message for those who doze in and out of my message. I want you to get these two. And there's only two points. Write down point number one. Now, the good thing about what I do is I will just talk on and on and on and on and on about these only same two points. But just know I got two points to this sermon today. 
Point number one, memory is subjective. Let me write that down. Memory is subjective. Your memory is not objective. The definition of objective is exist as a fact independent of the mind. That's hard. That exists independent of what you think about it. It's hard. See, that's objective. It exists as a fact. It's independent of the mind. Realities, not thoughts. Without the bias of the artist, thinker, writer, or speaker. That's what we call objective. The word subjective means results from feelings of the mind. Okay, what I'm teaching you today is memory is subjective. It's not objective. Your memory is subjective. It's not based in facts and realities, but it's based in how you feel about your memory, what happened, how it seemed to have happened to you. Now, I know you don't believe that. Well, Tim, this is what happened to me. I get it. I know you don't believe anything I've said so far. This is what happened to me. This is what I went through. I get all that. You disagree with me at this point. Let's take two teams playing football. Stadium has 110,000 people. And they all watch the same play. And the referee goes in, blows the whistle, and makes a call. And half of the fans are booing. Why? Their memory of what just happened is subjective. Their memory of what, I just saw that. Your memory is subjective, it's not objective. A car wreck, a shooting, an event happens downtown. Grab all the people on the sidewalk that all saw it and start interviewing them what happened and watch how many different stories you're gonna get about the same event. Memory is subjective. I know you don't believe this, but I'm gonna talk about it for the next two and a half hours, so pay attention. I say stuff like that, then when I finish in 30 minutes, you go, whoa, he was quick today. You got to live knowing that your memory of what happened is not objective. It's not factual. Your memory is painted. It's designed, it's seen through the eyes, through the experience, through the feelings of the thinker. Uh, I loved growing up hearing my mother and her sister arguing over their upbringing as little girls about their mom and dad. Sister would look at me, that's not what happened at all. He didn't, she never said that. He never did that. My mom telling the story, telling the, her sister, that never happened. She never said that. So two girls growing up in the same home with the same thing. See, two people's memory of the very same event is always different because memory is subjective. That's why the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let things be established. Why? Because one person's memory is always seen. It's always, re always remembered through their own eyes. Now, it's not lying, it's not deceiving, it's how I saw it. It's a constant problem in my home with my wife and I. There's just two of us. And it's amazing. 
We leave church almost every Sunday and the long drive home. Seriously? I mean, 30 seconds from here. How long, how much could you have forgot about what just happened? And every Sunday, every Sunday she says, Woo, where was everybody? Church was so down today. And I look and I say, it's the biggest crowd we've had in a month. I mean, that was a big crowd today. Every, we have that every Sunday. In 30 seconds, her memory and my memory of who was here today is just, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Here's what you got to know. You got to know how your memory works and you have to watch over it because it is subjective. Everything. Everything your memory has is not objective, it's not factual, it is subjective. Now, two things about memory. Number one, it's subjective. The second point I want you to write down, it's selective. Your memory is selective. Now, you have the two points of the sermon. Those of you who generally sleep through it, go right on back to sleep. That's what I'm going to talk about. Your memory is subjective, and it is selective. We all choose what we remember. For one, it went in one ear and right out the other. For the other, they seethed about it, bitter about it for years and years and years. I hear about someone being mad, someone being hurt, someone being bitter about something happened 10 or 15 years ago, and I think, that's sad for them. I don't even remember their name. They start telling me about, do you remember this? And I'm thinking, I don't even remember your name. I sure don't remember that event that happened. See, you're selective in what you choose to remember, and you remember what you choose to. Or what. Side note, husbands, your wife's birthday, your anniversary, probably need to write those down. Dads, what you told your kid you were going to do this next Saturday you better write that on a sticky note and put it on the dash of your truck. You told your kid you were going to take him fishing Saturday. Here's what you need to know. It didn't go in one ear and out the other for him. So what you remember and what you remember and what you remember, you, you got to be aware that memory is selective. As we study Scripture, we become aware of how memory builds faith or it destroys lives. Now, there's your two options with memory. It builds great faith. It builds excitement. It builds an advance. It builds a looking forward to the future. Or your memory destroys your life. If you allow the devil a seat at your table, he's going to steal from you, kill, and destroy. Okay, I didn't come up with that. I heard, <laughs> don't let the devil have a seat at your table, ladies. Through your memory, through your memory, if you don't get this today, your memory will keep you from what God has for you. Your memory will keep you from what God has in mind for you. It's a constant source of contention in our lives. Memory is selective. We choose what we remember. And in the home, in the family, in the marriage, with coworkers, you got to know Memory is selective, and memory is subjective. Here's what I'm telling you today. We choose what we remember, and we choose how we remember it. I already know 
a big part of you are in disagreement. I'm prepared for a big part of you to be mad about this sermon. That's why I'm not finished. I'm going on to explain how you are wrong and I am right. <laughs> well, Tim, this is what happened. This is just what happened. I've cried and cried and cried. I have been hurt deeply. I'm tormented. And, and, and see, you're convinced the whole world remembers it just like you remember it. Here's what you need to know. Memory is subjective and it's selective. The point today is you have the ability to change how you remember it. Good memories, bad memories. It's all how you paint your memory. Well, Tim, I'm hurt, and I'm hurt deep. I have deep, deep wounds. I've got emotional scars over what happened, and you are making light of what I've been through. Some of you are upset about the fact that I'd stand here and make light of what you have been through because you remember. That's why we're going to go to the Word today. That's why the Word is so vital in our lives you have to have the Word because you always go back to the Word to get your thinking straight. See, the Bible says it corrects me when I'm wrong. It teaches me to think right. See, because our thinking can get wrong, what does God's Word say about this situation? We certainly don't have the time today. I'm going to have to recap a couple of thousand years here very quickly. In Genesis chapter 35 through 50, we read the events of Joseph's life. His brothers sold him into slavery. Y'all remember the story. He interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Y'all remember the story. He saved the world from starvation. He saved the world from starvation, interpreting the dream, saving up for seven years, getting a food supply in storage. You remember the story. His family moves down into Egypt. Joseph's dad, his brothers all moved down there because that's where the food was. And that's how Genesis ends. Exodus opens, and I'm rocked when I read Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Now, this got me. Verse 8. Eventually, a new king came into power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph and what he had done. What? What? How, how does a new king come into power and you don't know what Joseph did? You don't remember that event? We're talking about save the world from starvation. And what did your mama teach you? Are you kidding me? Did your mama not tell you? I mean, what, what happened? See, people's memory is selective. The Egyptians didn't want to remember that. So they rewrite history, and they forgot, they erased that memory from their history, and they can do that because memory is selective. Something as life impacting as Joseph interpreting a dream, do food storage for seven years, save the entire world for starvation, made Egypt the richest place in the whole world. Everybody came and gave everything they had for food to Egypt, and the Egyptians forgot all about it. They just wrote that out of their school's history book. 
They didn't teach that in history. How, how is that even possible? All memory is subjective and it's selective. The Egyptians changed what they remembered. Now, let's go on. Exodus chapter 1, verse 11. So the Egyptians made the Israelites slaves. Brutal slave drivers crushing them with labor. You can read it, verse 11. Verse 13. Worked the people of Israel without mercy. Verse 14. They made their lives bitter. They were ruthless. Okay, keep that in your mind. Now, we just start scanning on. God raises up Moses, the plagues, the deliverance, the miraculous sequence of events. Chapter 14, Moses leads the Israelites into freedom. The Red the Sea, I'm going to talk, but just part it. They walked out days into their freedom, three days to be exact. There was no water. They came to an oasis, but the water was bitter. God shows Moses a stick there. He throws that stick into the water. It instantly became good water to drink. I mean, you go back and read chapter 2 through chapter 15, the miraculous hand of God. Daily, 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 the miraculous hand of God. Okay, are you ready for this? You're not. I can already tell you. Chapter 16. One month, that would be month, one, uno. One month, that'd be 30 days. We're talking four weeks. Is everybody on tonight? One month. One month after leaving Egypt, what'd they leave? Slavery. Brutal. Ruthless. You remember the words that we just read? They said to Moses, and I read chapter 16, verse 3, Wish we were back in Egypt. Are you getting, now get this. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted, but you brought us to the wilderness to die. Don't tell me people's memory is not selective. Don't even tell me. Tell me what happened to me. And I, no, 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 let me just tell you. Memory is selective. We're talking in one month. What did they do? In one month, they changed what they remembered, the slavery, the abuse. Well, Tim, I was abused. You read, you want to talk about abuse, just go back and read chapter 1 of Exodus. You're talking about abused. You're talking about abused. And in one month, we sat around pots filled with meat. We just ate all the bread we wanted. Oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. Church, we remember exactly what we want to remember, and we remember it how we want to remember it at the moment. No memory. No memory of brutality, ruthless, driven, making bricks. Then they stopped bringing them straw and made them made bricks and find their own straw whipped, beaten, had a quota of brick production. They were abused when they didn't meet the quota. No mention of that. Pots filled with meat, all the bread we wanted. The Hebrews changed what they remembered. They changed what they remembered 
about their past. Your memory remembers what you decide it will remember. Now, here's what the devil does. If you remember with the devil driving your memory, it is debilitating. And it will steal from you, it will kill, and it will destroy your life. The devil has got a hold of your memory, and he's driving it. When you have been enslaved for centuries, when you've been enslaved for centuries, and you come out, it takes a time to change your memory. But in one month, in one month, they completely did it. They completely did it in four weeks. Changed their memory. See, church, the goal of us in this church is not to go through Scripture. The goal for us is to get Scripture to go through us. You have to have the Word of God reform, transform your thinking, or the devil hijacks your memory and wrecks your life with it. As horrible of a past as abuse was, beatings, slave driving. You read about it, the enduring of abuse. And in one month, our pots were filled with meat and we had all the bread we want. I wish we were back in Egypt. Memory is subjective and it is selective. God's kids, the Hebrews, changed what they remembered. We see it in church all the time. We see it in church all the time. Someone comes to our church, comes to our school, and God powerfully works in their life. When they drove up, they were depressed, they were lost, they were aimless, they came in hurting, didn't have any direction, and it was amazing to watch what God did in their life. It was amazing to watch what God did. And after months of being in church, you don't hardly even recognize them, what God did in their life. Then they move on. They do something else. A few years go by, and all they can remember is the hurt. Someone said something. Someone hurt me. Someone, and I'm deeply hurt. Now I'm seeing a therapist over what happened when I was in church there. Oh, oh. What about the great things God did for you? What about the great things that God did for you? Here's what you always know. Memory is subjective and memory is selective. And people all the time change what they remember. Let's go on. Some studies show, and all vary by a few points, but some studies show 80% of all our thoughts are negative. That's why God says you got to take them captive. But you're going to think a negative thought. 80% of the time, a positive thought isn't going to come to you, but a negative thought. 80% of all thoughts are negative. How do you think? How do you remember? Well, you've got to live your life knowing that 80% of all of my thoughts are just negative about people, about events, about things, about my health, about other people. I mean, 80% of all thoughts are negative. Now, it's very interesting. I never thought about this. I've never thought about this. I've known the story of David and Goliath my whole life. It's a little bitty boy, had a little slingshot. He went a giant, had a spear big as a weaver's beam. He beat him a little bitty slingshot. Oh, what's this? Now, here's interesting. Eaton Hershon, a ballistic expert with Israel's defense forces, did a study. 
an average size stone slung by an expert with a slingshot at that day. An average size stone slung by an expert traveled the length of a football field in three seconds. That stone at that velocity has the same knockdown power as a 45 handgun. Okay, this little bitty boy has a slingshot. Well, I picture the little slingshot you get at the gas station. Think, and your rock goes about that. Boop, and you know, just beep right here. So that's what I picture. It's a little boy, you went to boop, and oh, I can't believe that. Wow, wow. Uh, this guy sees that as Goliath took a knife to a gunfight. David walked out of there, Goliath well went out of the mountain. I mean, the length of a football field, how long a spear could he have had? David shot him in the head. Bow! Are you kidding? See how your past, your experiences, your thinking shapes how you see every event. I see this little bitty boy, poor little slingshot doing this glider. Oh, wow, that's what I see. This guy here, a ballistic expert, sees David pulled out a handgun and bow! Shut the dude. See, our memory is shaped by our past thinking, our understanding, our concepts. We paint our memory with what we already know, what we've been through. How does your memory work for you? Now, let's go back. 80% of all of our thoughts are negative. Now, I get it. Some of us are wired very pessimistic. Some are wired very optimistic. Some see a glass half full. Some see a glass half empty. But everybody, everybody has thoughts, and 80% of those first are negative. They're negative. Our thoughts paint our memories and can be debilitating in our life. Now, some of you have really got to get a hold of this today because what you've been through and your memory of your past is keeping you from the abundant life that God has for you today. You're going to have to get a hold of what I'm saying today. Your past and your memory of that is debilitating. It's keeping you from what God has in mind. Here's what I'm telling you today. Your memory is subjective and it is selective. And you think it's objective and factual. And it's just not. You don't choose how your story starts, but you sure do choose the ending of your story. When Samuel came to anoint the next king, you can read about this in 1 Samuel chapter 16. He told Jesse, bring all of your sons. He gave, is, these all of them? I mean, is this all of them? Oh, well, I got one, a little kid, he's out there. Bring all of your sons. Yeah, this, David's dad didn't even take him to the tryouts. I mean, seriously? Put that in your childhood memory. Just put, my dad abused me. Put that in your childhood memory. Dad left you out there with a bunch of stinking sheep? Got trying out for the king deal here? Are you kidding me? His first job outside the family, he went to just play a little music for Saul, belittled him, ridiculed him. Goliath embarrassed him, shamed him, taunted him in front of the whole army. His brothers 
David's brothers were unmerciful in their ridicule of him. All of Israel's army laughed at him. David had every reason to be tormented. And he didn't need to see a therapist one day a week. He needed to see one two days a week. His past was so hurtful. His dads, his brothers, his boss, the hurt, the abuse, the crushing, the embarrassing. But I want to ask you, what was in David's memory? What did David remember? My dad, he was my dad. I'm going to tell him, I just, I've just gone through the last third of my dad, my dad, and my brothers. And I need therapy about my brother. What was in David's memory? This line came. He's come get my dad. God came on me. Then this bear came. Bear came. Ah, big bear came. I just ran up and grabbed him. What was David's memory? David was consumed with remembering how God had miraculously seen him through one attack after the next attack in his life, and that's all he could remember about his past. Now David's not an idiot. He he didn't forget the fact that his dad totally overlooked him. He didn't forget that. He didn't forget what all Saul did to him. He didn't forget the laughing and the mocking and the ridicule of his brothers. He's not an idiot. He didn't forget that. But the only thing he could remember in his mind, if you ask him, tell me about your past. Tell me, man, this line, God overpowered me. God has seen me through. God has seen me through. God is, I've been victorious and I'm still here today and I've had every chance in the world to be dead and God has seen me through and God has seen me through. See, you got to know today that your memory is subjective and it is selective. And you got to not let the devil wreck your life with your memory. Come on, let's get a hold of our memory. Not one time do we ever see David needing counseling because of what his dad said to him. Or what his dad did to him. Not one time do we ever need to talk about his brothers and what they did. And the embarrassment that his brothers were to him. And how they shamed him. And not one time. See, David chose to remember a lion and a bear past victories in his life. Today, church, I want you to know memory is subjective and it is selective. And in spite of all the facts and the realities of your past, you add faith to your memory and you select the good. You select the victorious. You select the good things that God has done in your life. What I remember today about my past is that God has always seen me through. What I remember today is God has always seen me through. My memory is selective, it's subjective, and today I'm still here today because God has seen me through. Y'all stand with me. Come on, some of you in here today. I've got to get a hold of my mind. I've got to get a hold of these memories. Devil, you're not taking what God has blessed me with. You're not taking my memory and destroying my life with it. I'm getting a hold right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. I get a hold of my memories. I get a hold of what I've been through. And God, I see your hand in my life. I see your hand in my life. Lord, there were times when I was a little kid that I should have died and I'm still here. God, there were times in my teenage years I probably shouldn't have lived through that and here I am today. God, there were times in my 20s that I could have been easily not here today. God, I'm still here today. Father, today I put my mind, I put my memories, 
I put my memories on past victories that I've had in my life. God, you have seen me through, you have seen me through, and you've seen me through. And today, my memories are not going to keep me from all that you have for me. God, I'm walking in the blessings. I'm walking in the abundance that you have for me. I'm walking in your joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.